no matter how much boar hide in sheep's clothes, the grunts will always give he away. Mm. Fire, fire. <laughs> I like that one. All right. <laughs> Which island? Come through. I think Trinidad. General Greater Caribbean area. Oh, it's a Trinidad one. Yes. <laughs> Greater Caribbean area. Wow. <laughs> the General Caribbean, you know, area. The Black Triad here. It is the year 2021. We are in a post-COVID world. <laughs> just, just kidding. No, we are not. 2020. Wow. So I'm sure y'all noticed we did not record. Oh, we actually did, you know, record an episode before the pandemic hit. Or the Panasonic, Panoramic, whatever. Panera, Pentatonics. <laughs> oh, that was a good acapella group. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, we haven't recorded, yeah, in uh, almost a year's time, which is crazy. A lot of things were happening. Um, we did a tattoo, right, y'all? We tried to fight through the COVID, blocking our blessings, but it just wasn't working. So for our own self-care, we were just like, let's just, you know, hold on to some things and give this thing a go in 2021. So here we are. Here we Black, are. <laughs> Black History Month had to come back, you know, in February. we're back and we're blacker than ever yes yes. well though i am not sure i'm blacker than ever because i have lost so much pigment because i have not been outside (laughs) (laughs) right it is winter in new york it's okay yes so i am blacker on the inside (laughs) and that's what matters the most (laughs) and and it's not necrosis either it's real <laughs> okay nurse <laughs> right right so many things so many things have happened <laughs> so where where are we right now y'all like how are you feeling yeah no it's a very loaded heavy question because like how how is anything you know <laughs> like relative to what could be worse I'm pretty good but you know, living in a Panasonic, it's it's hard. It's rough, and yeah, just just happy and blessed that I haven't experienced any like true deep tragedy. But yes, it's it's been a, a stressful year and or so. How about y'all? Yeah, I, I would echo a lot of what you just said, Dina. It's like, am I okay? Like considering <laughs> that that's the best way that I could really put it um right a lot of the past year was very challenging I think speaking as a therapist as a mental health professional there's also what's well, also the aspect of dealing with my own anxieties of the past year and you know, and then also holding space for other people's anxieties as well and I think it was like the first time, that clients that I've worked with that I work with have ever been like, yo, are you good? Like, how are you doing? And I was like, girl, I'm hanging in there. I'm trying. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just 
yeah, just hanging in there. I mean, I've ex experienced um, loss even just within the past month, but also I think there's just a collective grieving that everyone's going through that, that I've also experienced myself. But then at the same time, there's also been some good that has come out of the past year. So there's a lot of uh, seemingly conflicting feelings there and that, you know, I, I started a new job and, but then this Ooh. also comes during a time where so many people have lost jobs. And so there's right. yeah. like, how do I celebrate the good? Um, how do I really grieve uh, mm -hmm. the losses there? So yeah, lots going on. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely when you, when you said that um, it's kind of like a collective grieving, for sure, especially in the beginning, hit and go, like the like prime of the pandemic. I think everyone knows someone who's passed at this point because it was so, it hit, especially the United States, especially New York City. Our city's still healing from this right now, but um, it hit our city really, really hard. So, you know, and it was a very scary time, very anxiety inducing. inducing um just like being indoors like in missing the spring kind of and yeah. the summer in a way you know what I mean it was very very weird time because it's kind of one of my favorite times of the year when you start to smell like spring has a smell and it's not pollen it's like <laughs> you know it's like this different kind of scent the transition from winter it's like I completely miss, feel like felt like I missed that and um yeah it just was very weird to, I feel like when people did start to come outside finally, like in July and things like that, people were like, just freaked out. I feel like people were just shaking. Everyone looked like they were trembling when they were stepping outside kind of, you know? So, <laughs> so it's a weird, very weird time, but at least I know for New York, um, shout out to everyone who's listening across the country and the world too. Um, <laughs> you know, cause you know, we got listeners everywhere um, <laughs> that yeah, New York is on where, you know, doing a lot better than our sister cities in the, in the country right now. So, but it's still just not the same. I don't know. It's it's, it's the new normal, and trying to get used to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Does anyone want to share any like uplifting personal updates though that they've had through twenty twenty? So we're not keeping it in this uh, really sad grieving space for um covid i got a cat <laughs> oh yeah sure that was that was this that was 2020 you got the yes that's, okay. that's what it, time like is wild part of the family been you know? part of the family for a good five years now well yeah no i got a cat um i got a car because okay. I was afraid to ride the train. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, I mentioned I started a new a new job. So um, I'm still a mental health counselor, but now I'm also working as a clinical supervisor as well. So that's been exciting. So um, just looking to grow. And uh, also going to be having a, another side project I'll be starting soon. I'll share more about that later, but yeah. Um, and I've been baking and cooking a lot. That's been great. Mm. So yeah, those are Tara makes divine chili for the listeners oh. to know. <laughs> I did <make> <laughs> maybe yes. should maybe should do a giveaway. Maybe should do a chili giveaway. <laughs> 
I'll mail you. I'll mail you a Ziploc bag. An international <laughs> giveaway of chili. <laughs> oh, man. So nasty oh, sounding. But, yeah. <laughs> but my chili is good. Don't, don't, don't play though. But yeah. Just talk your talk, girl. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's been some highlights. I, I'm one of those people that got a quarantine pet. His name is Titus and he's such a cutie. Very much. I'm jealous. <laughs> All right. I forgot we got cat ladies up in this yeah. uh, podcast. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I wish I loved animals. <laughs> I too wish I could have a cat. Well, I guess it, for me, Soon first for you. Updates, right? 2020, I found out that I'm slightly allergic to cats. So that's <laughs> probably why I would never be a cat lady. <laughs> But I'm still gonna. We said positive news, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, is it positive? It's a better excuse <laughs> to stay away from cats. But like Titus is so cute, and um, <laughs> I like uh, uh, felines like in a distance. What are big felines called? Like <laughs> big cats? Like big cats? Big cats? Like, like you know, canines <laughs> is like the the genus or the species. I don't know. Like. <laughs> anyway pause like this is my my add brain just going crazy right now let me let me stop um so <laughs> another person i guess is actually more positive up with it finally finished nursing school your girl was a nurse bada bing bada boom queen plan poom <laughs> nurse dara yes um, yes like right through the uh pandemic and whatnot but um and then also I became a frontline worker. That's another, I guess, big part of 2020. Got activated into an emergency response role where I've been testing people for COVID, doing nasopharyngeal swabs. So it's been really interesting. It's made me, it's given me the clinical experience that I've missed out in this past semester because of COVID and not wanting to mm. endanger students. But um, it's been great. I feel like I could talk to anybody. I have no fear of patients. I'm like, what's up? What's good? You try to get COVID? <laughs> A little more professional or whatever, you know. Shout out to our code switch episode. Um <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's been really exciting. Also, um, because of Cuomo's orders, I'm working as doing nursing role stuff. So I'll be vaccinating people um this weekend myself. Um, I think we'll even get into it later about how all of us have started being that have gotten our first dose at least. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's been a really great update for me personally in terms of like career growth um, and really feeling like I, my timing, my spirit guide, universe, God, Jesus, everything, my ancestors were all working for me and were like, listen, since this timing of you going to nursing school combined with your public health, that's it. Mm-hmm. That you, like this was, this was what I feel like it was for that is weird like mm. i feel i felt very prepared going into this. this year yeah say it again i said for such a time as this mm. yes mm. come on mm. so yeah those are the only things i can think of right now so mm. yeah go ahead Gina. i probably won't be able to like quantify it in the same ways I definitely had a very like there is way more to celebrate that like for 2020 than what not to. I don't know why I'm having a hard time like making the list in my head, but like, I think like it's very simple things like I didn't get laid off as a city worker, check. 
I, right. I didn't lose I mean, they anybody, was, they was like, trying close. It. They was trying it with us. Ooh, bit. it was close. It was close. <laughs> and who go. knows what June will look like when that right. school year's over. I mean, mm. look, if, if Biden didn't win, I'm pretty sure <laughs> layoffs would be coming in June. Yikes, McKikes. But um, <laughs> didn't lose my job. Didn't lose, um, like, my housing. Uh, was able to pay my bills. Uh, didn't get COVID, at least to my knowledge. Um, didn't lose anybody close to me to COVID, thank God. Um, trying to think what else. Um, I think I've, I've been making like pretty good gains at work. And I think starting in 2021, a lot of like opportunities started pouring in um, that is a little overwhelming and like kind of going back to what you said about like purpose and timing. Like I'm very much like in tune to that as well of like 2020 was a reset in many ways. So that 2021, you can hit the ground running. And I feel like there's a lot of like small opportunities coming up, setting me up for something like different in the future. What that looks like, I don't know, but um, money's on the way. Uh, <laughs> like, and, and, I'm, and I'm trying to be where the money resides. Okay. <laughs> where the money resides, where the money resides. And that's on who? <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. We had a little lamb. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Shout outs to Mr. Where the Money Resides. I can't remember his name right now, but I <laughs> love him so much. And I love New Orleans. Oh, yes. I love Nola accent. Yes. <laughs> so with that, we mentioned briefly about the, the vaccine. Maybe we can just, uh, before we dive into some current events, which there are quite a few, um, what has been your experience with the vaccine? Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, this is Dara. Um, I'm fully dosed. I have both my two doses of Moderna. Um, it's been an interesting experience because I was frontline. I'm a frontline worker, so I was able to get vaccinated early um, in the one A group. I don't. Know, I'm not sure how across the country the leveling is or if it's a very new york city thing but it's a um, new york city thing city thing oh uh, okay okay yeah because i heard other parts of the country is saying you want one like <laughs> they at the grocery store like you you try to get a little something <laughs> but you know in new york, in organized socialist new york city we've <laughs> selected people <laughs> comrade cuomo let me stop let me not let me not even he, he don't he don't deserve that name <laughs> You know, we've tried to organize it. So I was in the first group that qualified. So it's been a great experience. Um, didn't really have symptoms. You already know I am very much pro-vaccine. Uh, I, but I understand, don't get me wrong, I'm not about to shame or understand or shame people for having medical distrust. That's a whole other topic. But I will say vaccines have... <laughs> saved humankind. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't remember the smallpox, measles, the malaria, when they, TB, when it rained. <laughs> I wonder because. why people don't remember smallpox. <laughs> ah. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder, wonder what eradicated globally? I wonder how and why. <laughs> Interesting. The, uh, something like a vaccine and a inoculation. Huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> inoculation, yes, verbiage, yes. <laughs> But um, also, too, just to add a little spice to it, um, in terms of because of the Black Triad, right? We're talking to black peoples, okay? Um, <laughs> we did have an episode that we tried to record that I don't know if it'll ever be released, but we talked about um, the first person who actually brought the idea of inoculations 
to the Americas was an African, actually. Yes. <laughs> in Boston. I cannot remember his name right now. It starts with an O, but shout out to him because if it wasn't for him, he, everyone would have been dying. All, and I don't know, mate. Let me <laughs> let me stop. <laughs> but a lot more people would have died of smallpox in the United States had it not been for him telling or teaching uh, one of the uh, enslavers in Boston um, that um, that's how they do it in Ghana. <laughs> you inoculate mm-hmm. people, give them a little bit of the disease. So it's very dangerous because sometimes it can take over and people die, but most but it, it's enough. So that started the whole idea of herd immunity, right? Mm-hmm. So just so you know, Black people, we <laughs> we the ones who brought it to the Americas, right? the Western mm-hmm. world. Because the Western we invented world wasn't, vaccines. Wasn't anything. <laughs> and I don't even know if it's black, that necessarily Black people invented that. It's you just that I mean? everywhere in the world, all, people of color invented it. Yes. In, the, in, in Asia, in the Middle East, they were already inoculating people. It's when, like, the transatlantic slave trade is what got inoculations over to the Americas. Like, mm-hmm. white people like, is that how y'all be surviving? And black people were like, yeah. <laughs> Weren't they skeptical? <laughs> Weren't they skeptical at first? Because I, I read uh, over the summer, I believe it was, I read Stamped from the Beginning. It was about the history of racist ideas in America. And weren't like some of the enslavers like, nah, they're trying to kill us, but yeah, right? <laughs> that <Them> Negroes <laughs> ain't real. <laughs> Reverse conspiracy theories, yes. Right. Right. You thought like, well, some of y'all might, but I told you it was dangerous, though. <laughs> you need to read yeah, the fine so print. That... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but let me not tell you that I can read since I'm a slave. <laughs> but you know that. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Keep it on the low, shh. Right. Um, I'm dead. Um, I got my first vaccine last week. I'm not going to give too much detail because I've I've <laughs> finagled some things. I am part of the category. I will say that I am technically in one B category, but I took some of my own liberties to in- make sure that I included myself in that group. Um, so I'll keep it there, but um, got the first shot. I'm very happy that I did because I, I was part of the group, not that I, I 100% believe in vaccines, understand the science of it, even understand the science of like the specific mRNA vaccine. Like, I think it's great technology or great innovation in like what it means to uh, inoculate quote unquote people um, or the inoculation is the quote unquote, not the people part. But um, <laughs> I was kind of yeah, like, this is the first is, time as really like, you know, yeah. right. Sorry, go ahead, Dina. Exactly. But um, no, no, it's okay. Don't worry. But um, I was kind of in that group of like, ooh, you know, I'm, I'm just generally a late adopter to things. Like I was a late adopter to Game of Thrones. A late ad- I'm, I, there's still shows I don't watch yet. Like, so like just in my life, I'm a late adopter. And I was kind of like, I'm gonna wait until some people get this vaccine and I'll see what it looks like and then I'll, I'll come I'll come by later. Just wait for me. But then I was like, damn, I really want to travel. I want to do things again. <laughs> I want right. to not be fearful that I'm gonna get COVID. And then I do have like comorbidities and things that can like exacerbate or like if I did get COVID, like make it real rough for me. So mm-hmm. I decided or to like, figure out people my way Mm-hmm. exactly so I made it my business to find out how to get vaccinated and I did it so let's I, and also I invested in Moderna so I kind of had to put my my money where my mouth was or my <laughs> mouth where my money was I guess in that order so it's like if I so I was like making sure I'm like 
I was on the phone like, y'all got Moderna because if it's Pfizer, I'm not coming. So <laughs> that, that's my story. You know, it was like, who all over there? Uh, <laughs> who all over there? Mm, just, biotech? I, I don't know, man. Just to say, they're both great vaccines, y'all. They, they are. There's yes. Oh, yes. No misinformation. Like, yes. <laughs> there's just differences in like where, like, because Pfizer has a, you know, like more specific refrigeration storage practices. Right. So my only recommendation is you go to a place that's like a major hospital that's going to actually have the proper refrigeration. But everywhere else, Moderna is great. Just like any other vaccine, everybody else can handle Moderna. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so I got vaccinated. I got my first shot last month. Um, and I'll actually be getting my second shot next week. Um, and yeah, I don't know. They all sound like hair colors to me. I don't know if I'm a one B or a two. Or, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one. But as I said here before, I'm a licensed mental health counselor and just wherever you want to place me in that. So um, I didn't have any real side effects to it. Also, I guess I haven't had COVID, at least to my knowledge. I do get tested every couple of weeks. Um, but if anything, I just had like a sore arm. And I also kind of stretched that out as an excuse to not do dishes. But um, yeah, I was fine after the first day. And so, I mean, with that, you can take, you can listen to our perspectives. But of course, you know, you can ask all the questions, do all the decent research about the decent real research. Please don't just be listening to shade room cannon or something or <laughs> yes nope <laughs> drink this green smoothie instead um, dr sebi has said that cmos actually you stop cmos is delicious and it is good <laughs> but it's not going to cure covid y'all no, no so all right so i think it's about time we can go ahead and dive into some current topics that are going on so, as mentioned, first and foremost, it's uh, Black History Month. Yeah, and I'm black, y'all. And, and I'm, I'm black, black y'all. Think <laughs> <laughs> black, black, and I'm black, black, and black. That's always a very part. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, B H M. Black History Month. Excellent. Love, love the jingle. Loving the Thank jingle. You. <laughs> <laughs> What are y'all doing? What are, how are y'all celebrating this one month? Obviously, we're Black year-round, but are y'all doing anything special, like in, internal work, external work, philanthropy? What are y'all doing? I think for myself, I'm just trying to survive. Mm. <laughs> That's what 2020 okay. taught me. <laughs> just, just try to survive this. Same. So I'm not necessarily think I'm doing anything special Black History Month. Of course, I'll try to mindfully buy buy black a lot more which i just try to do in general but like i'm not buying nothing i'm trying to save like <laughs> i got so much okay. <laughs> but yeah no same somebody had asked me recently if i'm doing anything i was like are, are y'all doing it like what what do y'all do like uh, <laughs> especially because like we, we again we're in a pandemic so like I, I don't know what events are happening i'm not i'm not going to anybody's events but no i i am just continuing to be black like, like kind of like you, what you said there, like, like, yes, being more conscious of like black owned purchase, purchases and whatnot, but I've always been doing that. So I guess just like continuing that path, 
I guess, in that way, doing some internal work in that way, but nothing special for February because, again, we Black all year. <laughs> you. Facts. Yeah, it's about the same for me, like just being Black. I live in a Black-owned body. Um, so <laughs> there you go. Black-owned <laughs> body. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, because I feel like, yeah, I support Black businesses. Like, y'all can't see me, uh, like, obviously, but I'm wearing a head wrap now from The Rap Life, one of my favorite Black-owned She look good. She look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I support Black-owned businesses, Black restaurants, my Black family, my Black mama. I don't know. I just supposed to wear everything Black. So, I was like, Black people. <laughs> there you go. So, um, so yeah. So, um, I guess if we come across any cool virtual events i know like trap karaoke has been doing some virtual programming um like uh amanda seal smart funny and black she's been doing things for black history month uh, so that's been great so however y'all can tap into blackness within yourselves whether i mean if you're not black then that's not within you so ignore that but <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> However, if it's just staying alive, it's just taking care of yourself. That's more than enough. There's no mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we already got our superpowers in December, so. Yo! Like... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that day, December 21st, I was waiting on my powers. I was like, ready Activate. for Activate. <laughs> yes. Here you go. I'm Abra- still waiting to learn what I got. Abracadabra! <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness but yeah um it's funny uh, while we have our topics like spread out and stuff like some of the things i'm just like wow 2020 was a lot like <laughs> i think our next topic to go Action into is the second second impeachment so not the first but the second was the first impeachment in 2020 i don't even know i this is all a blur it was i try to forget i believe so Oh, wow. what was it for again? No, no, maybe it wasn't 2020. <laughs> oh, shit. What, was it what is the time, Russians? Man? I don't even know. I mean, the first one was the Russians. Uh, it was the collusion. Collusion. Yes. Collusion. Yes. Collusion. <laughs> the collusion. Keyword collusion. Yes. So, <laughs> and this time it is collusion, right? Like you conspired with white supremacists. <laughs> If you if you spell collusion like C O U P, then yeah, collusion or coup, you know, insurrection, similar or cafefe. That is funny, but also not funny because this is really terrible. (laughs) But terrifying. Yeah, the second impeachment trial is underway. We'll see how things go. I don't know. I mean, do y'all? What do y'all think? You think he's getting convicted or what? First, the first arguments were whether or not the impeachment is was or is constitutional. constitutional. Which they were like, yeah. And that was, yeah, that 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 they passed that test. So check. Yeah, I think um, they established that today that it was yeah. constitutional or like the past few days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was like the past few hours. Or something like oh, that. a few hours. Oh, okay. I know yeah. my CNN update was like, baby, it's real. It's happening. <laughs> so we'll see how, how things go in the upcoming weeks. I don't know how long this is going to drag out, but we'll, we'll see how things go. Do you guys have mm-hmm. any predictions on what how you think this is going to go? 
just to just to clarify, you need what two thirds? What how, what what what's it called? Proportion of agreement do you need for like in the Senate for a conviction to happen? Two thirds? I don't know. Without raising that, like, it's probably three fifths, child. It's probably three fifths. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it's not. It's not simple majority. If it was right. simple majority, we have it in the bag. But yeah, if it's yeah. if it's super majority, a two third situation, nah, I don't think it's gonna happen because I don't think it's gonna happen. People are cowards, right? Right. <laughs> and no, also Dems are cowards too. We got a yes, bunch of the, yes, too, ass yes, too, yes, too. <laughs> politicians that work for the United States. Sorry, sorry, liberals. But there's only there's only nah. ten. There's only ten people in Congress, both in the House and in the Senate, that are about it. Yeah, Ten. right. And I'm it's basically the squad and mad Republicans who about it. They're like, they will be ignorant the day they die and don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you could be a Ted Cruz, do call your wife ugly to your face, and you're still writing for him. Like, I will never understand. We'll never understand. Still. He must not. He's asshole. He must not. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, so I think my prediction is just that um, I think the GOP is like all those senators who was talking hot shit, like, you know, or all those, uh, you know, all, all those Congress members, because I'm not, it was both senators and uh, reps that were in there mm-hmm. um, talking all that GOP hot, like Trump, he did this insurrection and he, he incited these people and this and that. They was talking all that energy that day of, but I'm sure once they talked to their constituents and their GOP leaders, they're gonna be like, oh, it wasn't that serious, actually. What's, no one really got hurt. The issue with that also is that they're talking cash shit up there, like, you know, Trump, did, y'all allowed this to happen. This was four and a half allowed years it. in the making. Mm-hmm. Bitch McConnell, you are the one that was letting this happen. If you felt so strongly that this was, um, terrible and not of American values, you could have nipped this in the bud earlier on. But no, you wanted to go along with the devil and the reckoning is happening. Like, I mean, yeah, I have no sympathy for any, like, I don't take any of their rhetoric seriously. It's like, kind of like, you're late to the party. Oh, so you kind of grew at an inch of a backbone. I don't know. I don't really buy it. Right. So we'll, we'll see right. how things play out in the upcoming weeks, days, however long um so i guess in other news the super bowl was this past week also known (laughs) as colin kaepernick and janet jackson appreciation day (laughs) (laughs) right which honestly shouldn't have even happened this year but here we are i I mean Mm -hmm. like if any year was going to be a year we could have just taken a break from it like this this was the one you know but no, they had twenty-two thousand people packed. That that stadium looked just like it. It normally would, right? Ha- does every year, and I'm like, I don't understand. Like Florida, what are y'all doing? <laughs> um, as a Florida former Florida resident, um, Florida gone Florida. Um, you know, so. <laughs> Florida gone Florida. Um, so yeah, it did take place in Tampa over, you know, the last weekend. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City. They need to change their names. So, mm. <laughs> so the Kansas mm. City change your name. Yes. How about that? <laughs> For real. So Tom Brady, uh, 
led the Bucks to a win. It was 39 to one. Um, to be honest, I have not watched that much football in the past couple of years. It's, I just really kind of fell out of touch with a lot of it. So even just seeing some of the game, I was like, what? Who's playing where? I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I was like, the Bucks got a black coach. Uh, I was like, when? since when? Like, so <laughs> I guess in terms of Black History Month, we have a black coach winning. So that's, that's uh, great. But, I suppose. Uh, it's just like... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's murky, especially with the NFL now claiming to be about social justice when like Colin Kaepernick was pushing for this like years ago. It smells like performance to me. It smells right. Performative to mm. me. So it's um, the performance for me. <laughs> so, I mean, most people that watch the Super Bowl really, I mean, so there are lots of fans that watch for the actual game, but there are also a lot of people that watch for other stuff. So her, she performed America the Beautiful, did a fabulous job. Killed uh, that shit. Okay. Yeah. I will have to say that I didn't really watch the Super Bowl like that. Um, I didn't watch it all. Your girl don't really have like live TV. Um, <laughs> but I saw a clip of it for her. Um, was she playing the guitar kind of like Jimi Hendrix did? Like in, in homage to him or was it just like her killing it because she's a great guitarist both we could say both and i think both yeah (laughs) yes yes yeah she did a great job and jasmine sullivan performed our single spangled banner with eric church which i i really feel like jasmine could have why they do that because uh, duets are nice guys they're nice mm, i like harmonies the harmonies they were pretty- trying to do this visual thing of like we're joining as one she's black i'm white i was like is first eric of, church a country so, singer yes first of all yeah, of course of course was. me either <laughs> they could have brought back chloe but like he jazz Mm. they, they no, could have brought like, back I what wish Jasmine chloe and holly chloe and holly I think oh yeah yeah they did it the year before yeah but i think it oh my goodness i always get the sisters mixed up which one is the one that's in the little mermaid holly holly uh, yes but holly's overseas filming the little mermaid so but yeah so yeah jasmine she killed it also jasmine has a new album out so y'all can go yes hotels oh yes so Such good, good so good honey honey in my hand <laughs> that's the anderson pack so ah love it did either of you check out the weekend's performance no but I i've seen did. the memes child oh, the, memes. The, memes. Yes. <laughs> the memes i am not i am not a weekend fan so i was flabbergasted that he did that entire halftime show by himself with just him and I was like oh we don't have any features no one's coming was on okay all right it's just you this whole time huh interesting I don't get the weekend personally yeah I don't get it I don't get him that much either but I support him go ahead black man yes. Ethiopia yes. East Africa let's okay go. But I, I, I support don't, your I endeavors I don't understand <laughs> yeah uh and I guess last bit was the commercials the commercials are always a big part of the game um favorite commercial i'm definitely going with the amazon alexa commercial with michael b jordan michael bay jordan 
that was not to you, girl. You better go <laughs> hang that up. That's Michael Laurie Jordan. Okay. I didn't know he was right. And it's so funny because our last episode, we were just talking. Hey, Tur- Turtle has her man now, okay? <laughs> and then just in the last episode, we were talking about Lori Harvey living her life, and she sure enough is. Last episode, it was her and Future, and then look at sis mm-hmm. now. I'm right, so look at it. I'm so upgrading. Making my heart smile. Mm-hmm. love it you love to see it yes indeed so i guess we can make a smooth transition we have gone from one biracial black man with patrick mahomes to now the bachelor <laughs> that, that was a transition huh so did we talk about patrick mahomes he's the he's the quarterback of the yeah for the kansas team? city yeah, okay. they did win last year. So, I mean, he's also a really amazing quarterback. So, despite what happened at the Super Bowl, he really is a, an amazing player. And he will most likely be back. He's super young, too. So, go ahead, Pat. We rooting for you. Okay. It's just that Tom Brady, he's still taking his Centrum but multivitamins. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of multivitamins the, the 50 plus ones the 50 plus ones oh my god three years god. old and still out here so yes oh my god and you know what no shade no shade to tom brady and just, i know a lot of people don't bang with him because he is problematic wild like you know whatever but you're typical get typical you know uh person that would play for the nfl who is white <laughs> but um <laughs> I mean, the, the dude can play. Like, I mean, how many times is he going to have to win a Super Bowl for people to not be like, he sucks, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, if you are a hater, hater, right. but he could go to any team and just win. Like, it's obnoxious and it's annoying. And it's just like, you want to see him fail. But like, I mean, you can't eat your vitamins. The skill, although eat your vitamins. I, <laughs> get, your, get your Centrum 50 plus. No, <laughs> I have a, th- I have a theory though, though. I mean, yes, he... I'm not going to say he's the GOAT, but yes, he he definitely did that. It's it's proven. It's proven. And also, I think it's suspicious that the Super Bowl was in the same state as his team. That's not a common occurrence. Usually, the Super Bowl is in a different state than either of the teams playing. So I think there was some kind of home court advantage situation. I don't like that. I'm suspicious. Me stop. But um, Even though he's been that, on the home court yes. for, like, what, less than a year? Because <laughs> he just got <laughs> traded, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From two different temperatures, from the freezing, from freezing-ass New England to hot-ass, problematic-ass Florida. I don't know. Maybe the problematic heat gave him superpowers, <laughs> and he's just feeding, feeding. <laughs> I think so. Feeding off of that shit. I think we have to look into it, okay? <laughs> vitamin gate. <laughs> Not the plate gate, it. but vitamin gate. It's <laughs> in your centrum. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. So, we'll make that transition now over to The Bachelor. So, y'all know, well, Dina and Dara know that I have been really looking forward to recording again to serve as the official triad correspondent for The Bachelor. (laughs) I have been watching week after week. This show is two hours on a Monday night. I know. This it's is very difficult. Every night is two hours? No, they changed yes. that format. It used to be an hour each night. They really got y'all. They really mm-hmm. got y'all. Mm-hmm. I'll be, be watching too. So, so for those who don't know, The Bachelor has its first 
Black Bachelor with Matt James. He is a 28, 29-year-old real estate person. I don't know. I feel like the jobs <laughs> for these people are really unclear on this show because I feel like not mm-hmm. many people are re- li- leaving like really good jobs to be on The Bachelor. I don't know. I just don't. So I don't know. You so, you're onto something. You're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So this season's bachelor is Matt James, and they said that there was a record number of women that applied to be on this season of The Bachelor. I mean, anybody have a job? Might as well. Yeah, mm. you know. <laughs> I almost did it. They have a flight attendant. They have a flight attendant on this season. So, I mean, ain't nobody flying nowhere. So that makes sense. They have a, a graduate student on this season. Everybody's doing virtual learning. So, hey, she learning can take home. her classes while right. she's trying to get her swerve on, you know? So <laughs> one of the, I'll say, things that stood out about the first episode, which I feel like was their way of addressing race in the very first episode, was there's a scene where... Uh, Matt, he's standing at the top of the stairs in front of the mansion, and he's sitting with uh, Chris Harrison, the host, and he's like, you know, Chris, like, I just feel like I need, I'm nervous, and I need to talk through some things, and Chris is like, yeah, man, what's up, let's talk, let's chill, so they go into this little side room, and he's like, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, being the first Black Bachelor, and there are people that you know, want me to pick one type of person to be with. And there are others that want me to pick another type of person to be with. I'm like, boy, what? if you don't just be like, yo, I don't want people to get mad at me if I choose a white woman, just say that. Like, <laughs> like you don't have to do this whole like- Say it, say it with your chest. Say okay, your chest, don't beat around the bush. Don't one type of person, a black type of person or a white type of person, that's what you mean. <laughs> So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I will say if anything, like in terms of like a breakdown, the majority of the women that are left now are women of color and there are a number of black women that still remain. So, yeah, so we'll see how things play out to be honest. Well, maybe we'll, I'll maybe name names for those who do watch. Cause I know Dina and Dara have not, and I've just been texting updates. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's funny I, too because I don't watch it, but I always want the tea. I'm like, Tara, what are they doing on this episode? You know, I'll be sending clips and stuff. So um look at this, so, shit, look at this shit right here. <laughs> so I will say, in terms of my faves, is Brie. She is 24 years old and she is a communications manager from San Francisco, California. There's also Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea's also a favorite. She also just be slaying in her outfits. Chelsea, she is 28 years old. She is a runway model from Brooklyn, New York. So you're... <laughs> she also is just rocking this beautiful, like, low cut that just, like, suits her face and her cheekbones and stuff. I do feel for Chelsea and that Chelsea has not been able to get any kind of one-on-one time with Matt. Poor girl is frustrated. Also, mm. they, they have the women going on a number of group dates, which are really just more so humiliating, if anything. <laughs> like, just having the women literally, like, fight for him, and it's just mm-hmm. a mess. Is it petty at all, Tara? Like, do you feel that, um, oh, yes? She's, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Baby. Very petty. There's been a lot very of petty. petty. There's been a lot of petty stuff on this season. I'll say that's probably one of the things I haven't been liking too much. Um is there's and then to break down some of yeah my critiques 
there's been a lot of white woman tears on this season. Of course. In that there there was one, a couple of women in particular, a couple of white women who, when held accountable for their actions, suddenly began crying to Matt and like, that's not who I am as a person. I'm not a terrible person and stuff like that. And so it's, and he falls for it sometimes. So, and if, and if anything, some of these women, it's <laughs> them against women of color, like namely, like, so if anything of that, I haven't appreciated it at all. I feel like the show definitely does not have any black producers um, oh, to no. be able to say, hey, well, I don't think the optics are too good on this. Um, <laughs> I think, I think that what's interesting also though, because I used to watch The Bachelor in my family a lot in the I guess like it's been a lot of seasons, but like in the first, I guess, half of this um see the series. And there's always white women tears. I think the optics of it are just worse because it is more diverse. Mm-hmm. And they now and the sorry, and the bachelor is black, but like every year there are like at least five people that it's like there's some drama. And it's like, I don't understand. These girls are jealous of me. And it's just like it's just a whole thing where it's like you're trash and it's okay to stop crying about it like get your shit together but you know I can imagine that it's a, it feels even worse seeing somebody that you think should be up to speed in white women's hairs kind of falling for it yeah yeah so I'll round it up by saying if I had to think like just last like in overall impressions regarding Matt I will say he is a good looking man Yes, looks good in a, looking. He looks good in a turtleneck. I do love a man. <laughs> and she be rocking them turtlenecks every single week. We're we like jokingly be like, oh, take a shot when you see Matt in a turtleneck. And you would probably die. <laughs> 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 but she'd be rocking some turtlenecks. Oh, um, yes. So another thing is he's like apparently like new to this is also like the second time I've ever watched The Bachelor. The only other time I've watched anything part of Bachelor was the bachelorette and that's because they had the first black bachelorette with Rachel. So that's the only <laughs> yes. time I watched the show. Um, so that was a cultural critic for the one time for the one time. There you go. <laughs> so so yeah so I've appreciated how like there are like black women that are getting like one-on-one dates and getting like that kind of screen time. Um the only other thing I'll I'll say primarily that is not so favorable is that I feel like with this, I don't know if it's something with this show or something specifically with Matt, so I want to be fair with that, is that the level of like vulnerability that they demand of these women in exchange for a rose. It's like, mm. tell me like the saddest and the hardest thing you've, that's ever happened to you. You get a vulnerability point and a rose. There you go. <laughs> I feel like we don't necessarily get that much from Matt in terms of like vulnerability in return. We know that you know he he shared quite a bit about what it was like for him growing up without his his father around. His mom is white, his father is black. I did, however, hear it rumored that they might bring his father onto this season. Ooh, spicy. Oh, that's <laughs> That oh my god, probably... it's gonna be like that Fresh Prince episode. I can feel it now. For if if they do, my own my caution with that is ABC. They're not equipped to go handle anything like the, the way that right? the sisters are like to exploit anyone's you know emotional trauma like that. I am not a fan. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I'll report back. Whoever wins. Uh, wins it feels weird saying whoever wins but uh, 
yeah, we'll see how that goes. Tara, would you like to make a bet on who you think the final two will be? Okay. Who am I going with? Okay, final two. I'm going with Rachel and Michelle. All right, you hear it. You hear it, folks. That was this uh, one. <laughs> In terms of the final two. You said Rachel and who? Rachel, she's 24. She's uh-huh. a graphic designer from Cumming, Georgia. <laughs> and <You're> so- <laughs> <laughs> says, ha ha, says a sex educator. <laughs> Tee Cumming. <laughs> and then Michelle, who is 27 and a teacher from, what is it, Adina, Minnesota? Minnesota. 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 Yeah, that was a terrible accent I just did. But yeah, those are my, those are my picks for like the top two. Though I do really like Bree. I would say based on the dates that he's had with Rachel, like Rachel took her like on a whole shopping spree and gave her red bottoms. Like, oh, what? Okay, See, ABC I could have got some red bottoms if okay. I joined the show. Man, I could have <laughs> next, <time, that>. <laughs> next time, girl. Next time, and I would say with Michelle, like took her out on like a hot air balloon and stuff like that, and had a grand old time. So yeah, I feel like in terms of who he seems to draw the closest to, I would say it, it's definitely, I'll say Rachel and Michelle. Michelle was also one of like the newer women to the mix. Oh. So, so yeah, so those are my picks. It's recorded. So if I'm right, I feel Here like you have it, y'all. ABC cut me a check. Okay. Timestamp this prediction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I think with that, we can go ahead and transition to the triad segment, which ooh, ooh. Oof, I will say maybe as a spoiler alert of sorts, if you have not watched Malcolm and Marie, maybe this is the time to pause. I will warn <laughs> you again. If you keep watching, I mean, keep listening, like that is on you. We follow this. Right. <laughs> Personal responsibility, y'all. We are back and we are doing our triad segment. So we kind of alluded to this before the break that we're going to be talking about the newly released Malcolm and Marie starring um, Zendaya, which I just realized goes by just one word, like Zendaya. And I'm like, oh, no last name. Cute. I love it. And no, John you thought she was Zen and Daya? No! <laughs> I meant like I thought it was Zendaya last name. Like... <laughs> Oh, I think she's been going by Zendaya since she was a little girl. No, I think so. But I think, I think like I, in Coleman, maybe. I think I just realized it though. Like I think oh, like when when the credits okay. came up, it was just Zendaya, and I was like, oh shoot, there's no last name there. That's crazy. Sorry. <laughs> and so it's Zendaya, and it's John David Washington. Um, if you don't know, is Denzel's son who sounds just like Denzel. Mm-hmm. in my opinion um, but doesn't want you to know that he's denzel stein <laughs> kind of appreciate him because he can that is paulette's no. face copy and paste no um but basically so the movie's called malcolm and marie it's about um 
a filmmaker and his girlfriend when they return from home, so return home from his movie premiere, and there's tension and painful revelations that push them towards a romantic reckoning. This is just directly from the Netflix summary. I'm not, I don't have a way with words like that, um, but we all watched it, and we're here to talk about our thoughts and just, like, what does this mean for the culture? What, how, how did y'all feel about this movie? Uh, I'd say generally, like, I don't know if it's maybe it's my avoidant, um, <laughs> my avoidant style of arguments, but child, <laughs> let me tell you, maybe 15 minutes, I was like, I would have left already. This is too much <laughs> arguing for me. This is way too much arguing for me. Like, it's what time is it? 2 a.m. I'm sparking mm. out mac and cheese, drunk. We like this is a lot. I, I either of them, I was just rooting for one of them to leave. I like one of y'all needs to go, like, because <laughs> this is just this arguing is too much, and y'all are activi- activating some types of anxiety in my soul right now. Like, mm-hmm. somebody has to stop arguing, and y'all need sleep and to try this in the morning, <laughs> which was suggested in the beginning. <laughs> just a note that was a suggestion one of them gave. But the argument, the things that were had, the discussions that were had were so raw and pure that it was so beautiful to see it in mm-hmm. a way. It was like a beautiful disaster happening at the same mm. time. But I appreciated how much thinking was going through their minds, especially Zendaya's character or Zendaya. I don't know how she pronounced the name, but yeah. How about you, Tara or Dina? What do you think of this? Well, uh, there were about there was about two moments in the movie where I paused because I was like, oh my goodness, how much more is left? <laughs> Same. I am, I am so much of an empath that like, if I even watch something, like even if it's something that's embarrassing, I get secondhand embarrassment. If it's something that's very, I feel it in my body. Like I, by the time the movie was over, like I finally was just able to relax my shoulders down some because it's very, um yeah very intense and I think it was hard for me not to take my not to watch it from the lens of also being a therapist working with survivors of intimate partner violence Mm -hmm. because I was like oh they're like the dynamics of like power there and arguably control as well there was just a lot as I was watching it I think then also as someone who very much enjoys movies I've heard some people say how like they didn't like it and to be honest I'm not sure if the movie was meant to be liked in the way that we Mm. are supposed to like movies so I completely agree those who know me well know that Love Jones is one of my favorite like movies like I love Love Jones and it's on HBO Max right now so I've been so excited to watch it um and I think like going into it, I thought the movie was going to be one thing. It turned out to be a totally different thing. Like when I heard, uh, you heard like Duke Ellington's in a sentimental mood playing. Of course. I was like, oh, oh I was like, I know some fucking black person was doing soundtrack shit. Because okay. <laughs> every movie has in a, sens- in a sentimental mood. Like mm-hmm. I feel like playing in the background. I literally heard, I was like, roll my eyes. I was like, yeah, right. Every black <laughs> and I was a jazz head too. And I love jazz. Yeah, bebop like big band jazz. I love all jazz, so I'm just like, mm-hmm, that's what we doing. All right. <laughs> so I'll I'll reserve some of my um my other thoughts uh, as we go in, but I think 
yeah, again, it's hard for me to say like, did I like it or did I not? I think there was a lot that I took from it. There was a lot of thinking that I did throughout. Um, so yeah, I think just based off the conversations that have stemmed from this movie, I think it, it, it does say a lot. So what about you, Dina? Yeah, I, I 100% agree that it's like, I don't think this is a movie that was supposed to be liked in the way that we usually like look for movies, but I found it really captivating in a, just for its candidness and its rawness of the, like the dialogue that on, on, I couldn't stop watching. I too had to pause multiple times to be like, yo, I was also watching it with somebody. So there's a lot of conversation happening in between of like, not a lot of conversation, but like a lot of like, hmm, whoa, interesting. Um, but um, what was I going to say? I, in terms of like the way that like, I guess I thought of myself watching it, it wasn't quite secondhand embarrassment for me, but it was really just like a, I have never seen anybody argue like that before mm-hmm. i've never been in an argument like yes. that before i've never witnessed people argue at that level before so it was like more of like a a shock knowing that this exists and knowing that it's realistic that was like actually right. scared for me to watch of like i don't know what i would do if i was in this situation like so so that was that was i guess the, the most visceral upfront reaction for me of like yikes this is real it's not my experience but i know this is a real experience Mm-hmm. right and I've talked to friends who's like literally like this movie was very triggered for me and my relationship because like they could argue down they said they would have arguments like this like very long all through the night I'm just like you y'all already know my reaction is literally is this a 10 minute argument child I'm out of here like <laughs> I just cannot like go ahead eat your mac and cheese you little dumb bitch is done <laughs> like, <laughs> like that would be me like how you forget to thank me, nigga? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Can we just quickly talk about the mac and cheese? Because I feel like I've seen so many tweets about this mac and cheese that people are like, so the movie was written and directed by Sam Levinson. I hope I'm not yeah. mm-hmm. his last name. So he, some of y'all may know him from the TV show on HBO, Euphoria. And that's also the show that Zendaya stars in. So people are like, what food would it have been if this were written by a black person because Sam is the writer and director is black I mean white well the the thing is that I was reading some of the critiques about that I didn't know that that would be an issue for people I that was something that it, it didn't click for me and I think a lot of the articles or at least a lot of the comments I was reading about it mentioned that like although Sam was the writer and director they were also the cast were also the like producers of this so of of course there was like there was input in some ways especially I think like Zendaya was like also like a financer of it and so like there there was although like it's still writing from a white or whiter perspective there wasn't a lack of black perspective or input in there so I didn't understand Sam was not writing 40 Legos and a mule that that yes (laughs) that little code switch that she was doing and stuff but yeah like for me the mac and cheese I'm like it would have been mac and cheese for me it was 2 a.m that shit cooks in eight minutes I'm hungry like it would have been a box mac and cheese we're not at our normal house 
we're not right. even at our house we're at a rented little place like. yeah craft slaps sometimes it's not real mac and cheese but sometimes you like the cheap stuff so i don't think that was a i don't think they got that wrong um but i do wonder like yes what would it have been what did people want it to be i guess yeah. i know some people are like oh it should have been ramen to be honest y'all i mean Darren knows this. I don't like mac and cheese. Y'all can revoke my black card. I don't care. Suddenly, <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I just do do do. Just get this disconnected from the. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. So it probably would have been something else for me, but not because of anything related to my blackness. It's just I don't like mac and cheese. <laughs> I mean, they needed some some dissonance i guess and mac and cheese created that with the whole salt or unsalted rather than hot water or lukewarm hot water what (laughs) (laughs) in my cup of noodles like yeah he could have made that himself i guess craft has a little more pizzazz but yeah it it was interesting yeah it did add some humor too like when she was like did you really just call me a psychopath while you're eating mac and cheese (laughs) Mm -hmm, casually (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was scarfing that bad boy Just down. Stabbing it with that quickly. Stabbing it. Oh my gosh. It was hard to watch. I was like, it, well, <laughs> chewing all heavy. I was just like, this is a lot for me, y'all. Yeah, this drunken chewing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's, let, can we talk a little bit about the casting? Because I know I'll say even bigger than the idea of like the mac and cheese and why I was chosen or whatever was. I think when the preview first came out, because well, there was first an image shared last year about the movie and it was, you know, a big deal because it was like one of the first movies filmed during the COVID pandemic and it was like Mm -hmm. the crew and, and cast and everything. But part of the initial critique was about the age difference between Zendaya and John David Washington and that, yeah, the 12, there's like a 12 year, 12, 13 year, age difference with um john david i think being 37 i think yeah i think he's 36 and she's 24 i think that's what yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you're right so um did we feel anyways i don't know what do y'all think um so i didn't feel away but i appreciate um i think zendaya was asked the question or zendaya was asked the question and um that was article i was reading and she was just like i'm grown that's literally her answer. Like, I'm a grown ass woman. I'm 24. I'm an adult. Like, right. And, you know, and John, it's funny, John David Washington's response also was kind of like, he was like, I'm the newbie. She's like, she's the one who's teaching me all this stuff. Like, I don't know how to act. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she's been in the industry, like, he's like maybe like six years longer than I have. I'm like a kid in this shit. So it's like right. not even like that. And I don't know, they're both adults. It's not like she's like 17 and right. she's like, let's do this. Like, She's been an adult for a few years, like, you know. And she's out here playing Rue on Euphoria. If you know Rue's, like, she's good. I think she's she's all right. The kids yeah. would be all right. Yeah, I think people are having a hard time with the transition of, like, Zendaya from, like, Disney to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you would think right. that Euphoria did that job to be like, she can play mm-hmm. serious, like, mm-hmm. troubled character, quote-unquote troubled characters. But it's like, yeah, like, this is not her being 20. And you can be worried about 24 years old. And I, and also I think that it reflected real life. Like these are the things that actively happen in life in Hollywood, like that type of age difference, the dynamic. And I think the age difference was, I don't know how um, old John David Washington's character was in the movie, but 
Zendaya's character, they met when she was 20, I believe. Yeah, and their five-year yeah. relationship, so I estimate that she's about 25. In okay, yeah. so, like, that, even that is realistic. Like, I cringe of, like, oh, 20 years old, but it's, like, yeah, like, and people take advantage of, like, young people who are lost, troubled, whatever her character was. So, like, it, if it made you feel uncomfortable, it's because it kind of should make you feel uncomfortable. And I mm-hmm. think that's the point of it. It, it. it mimics real life. But also, um, I was thinking, too, that uh, I don't know if he was supposed to be 36. You know what I mean? I don't think he was. Like, I do think it's his normal age. And I, I feel like he's supposed to be in her age range, like a, a few years older than her at worst. But, like, I didn't see that there was that much of a difference, like, in terms of age. Yeah. I, I think people were set on the actors themselves rather than the mm-hmm. characters. And I think people also anticipated that, one, that this movie is going to be a Black love story. It was not a love story, nor was it a Black story. You know what I mean? I feel like it was just a story with Black actors in it. That makes sense. Which is very not everything meta is meant to, to the to be plot. A... Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then also, this not to change the topic, but uh, in terms of age and stuff, I was talking with some folks, and one of my friends suggested that, um, and I even felt this way too, that they needed to match up the characters more. And Daya kind of, to my friend that I was talking to, kind of felt like it was just like teenage and Daya. Like he, he wasn't feeling the adultness from her. And he felt like he would have liked um, Miss Letty Lewis or really Journey Smollett. He felt like she would have been a better. <laughs> Sorry to the Lovecraft, shout out to the Lovecraft fan, fandom. Um, if Journey Smollett or even I was saying Nicole Bear or I feel like an older actress with um, John David Washington, I think that it actually would have hit better to me personally. Like, I just feel like if there was like a little bit older group, like, I don't know, for the people who feel like Zendaya is too much of a child, they were just like, I just wasn't believing it. She just seemed like she's a child. (laughs) She's not a kid, she's grown. She told y'all she's grown, leave her alone. I'm an adult. <laughs> I will say in the beginning there was a part where I was like, oh, like I wasn't sure, you, you know, just in terms of, yeah, like with with the age, and again, not so much of the age difference. It's just that, yeah, because Zendaya, we know her from from Nickelodeon and whatnot. But I've also watched Euphoria, so I know Zendaya has range. Um, so if anything, I'll say in the beginning I was like, oh, ooh, uh, ooh. but I'll say by the end. Mm that read at the end mm. no yes legendary i, I lived legendary oh right okay it was, so. it was beautiful had me yelling at the screen like yes i see it too girl narcissist right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't even know if it was that i to me it was the thank you speech scene that mm. you did I, that really hit my soul i was like i know that's right mm. like girl tell him because and then hit like the the way that they resolved and I use that in air quotes the you know like being I don't know it took a lot like they had to scratch each other in order to be open to open the wound up so that they can actually be open and honest and then it wasn't until the end that they actually really got the conversation so it's like it circled back because technically what they found at the end was really what she said in the beginning but it needed to be parsed it really needed to be parsed out like and they're better for it for having that conversation like that i mean that conversation that whatever the hell that was that (laughs) train wreck of a of a dialogue (laughs) but yeah that was my opinion absolutely what about some uh, 
there's been a lot of themes that have come up within, you know, within the movie. Um, what were some of the ones that like particularly stood out to you? I've heard thrown out about the idea of trauma bonding. There's been discussion around codependency, um, healthy and unhealthy communication. What are some things that, yeah, really stood out to you watching it? With the thing with unhealthy communication, I think to a majority of the planet, <laughs> whoever watched that, most people would argue that that was an, an unhealthy <laughs> way of communication. But I don't know, to them, the way that their relationship dynamic is, maybe that is how they best see things through. Like, it's almost <laughs> weird because it's like, I know there were parts where John uh, David Washington is kind of like, like, yo, I fucking love you. Like, yo, you are crazy. Like, but I appreciate, like, you know, like that type of thing. And her also being that way to him too. Cause it's just like, I feel like, it, it, I feel like they're more codependent, but their communication mm -hmm. works for them. At least in that little snippet of what we saw mm -hmm. in that, like to the rest of us, maybe we don't have the dexterity to have a conversation that's very open and honest like that because we get in our feelings and our egos get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. But for them, it was just like, all the super ego shit out the window, they were going real id at each other. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> not yeah. to bring forward in this bitch, but that's what it <laughs> felt very, like, <laughs> it felt very um, raw. Like, I'm gonna just say what I say yeah. and how I say it. I don't really give a fuck, but. Yeah, that was the issue I was having too. Like, I, I for myself, I couldn't figure out what it was, right? Because like you said, like, this is like, I guess like if you were to do like a scenario or a vignette for a health class, you'd be like, what, what is this? A red flag, a yellow flag or a green flag? And most people would be like, oh no, you mm -hmm. don't call people names. You don't, you don't do this. Right. You don't do that. And also it's like, but it worked in a sense. Like, I mm -hmm. don't think this is not a communication style I would recommend to people, <laughs> but <laughs> right. it, it seems like it, I, I can't imagine like if we were to like look beyond like this one moment in this movie this cannot be the first time this has happened this might be the biggest blowout they've had but it can't be the first time they've had an argument that maybe was similar to this and it's like it seems like that is just their dynamic and it's hard to critique or poo-poo somebody's communication style when they have a matched communication style it's kind of like one of those things where it's like like i'm not i don't want to yuck their yum Mm -hmm. but yeah it was hard for me to figure out and maybe that was a point in the movie too but it was hard for me to figure out it was a very thin line between like raw open candid communication and like no y'all both need help in like being able to communicate your feelings like I think there was one scene where she asked like can I ask you something without you like making me feel bad and he could not do that actually like yes <laughs> like yes it was a raw conversation, but she did give a boundary and he very much crossed that boundary real quick. And so like, mm -hmm. I don't know how much it works out for them. And it seems like it's one of those to like those toxic cycles that one of them kind of alluded to of like, we should get married now because we're probably gonna get divorced and remarried again multiple times. I definitely, <laughs> see that was that part. I was like, yep, this is a toxic little cycle that may work at the end, but like, it's still a little negative feedback loop in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on, therapist Tara, what you gotta say, girl? Cause <laughs> I can um, see the analyzing in your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm torn in that. I've also heard arguments that 
Malcolm's character was abusive. Because when we think about domestic violence, I'll maybe just give like quick little definition and we can maybe flesh it out from there. So when we think about, or intimate partner violence specifically is that it's um, a range of coercive and abusive behaviors. So it's emotional, it's verbal, it's physical, and it's about like establishing power and control. Like, so it's not that domestic violence or intimate partner violence is um, necessarily like an anger issue, but it's about establishing power and control. Mm -hmm. And I will say there was one particular moment when he's, he's sitting there while she's in the tub and like, you just see how her face is just completely like grieved. And like that moment, like really like hit me. Um, and he says something to the effect of like, oh, like I can snap you like a twig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I was like, oh, like th- there were moments mm-hmm. like that where, um, yeah, where I was like pretty conflicted and I could see how like the arguments could, could side in that way. I think in in terms of like, if you want to think of it in terms of like a box of like, is this abusive or not? Is this toxic or not? Is this healthy or unhealthy? Um, there were moments where, and they, she said it in particular, well, they both said it, I feel like, where they like, oh, this is just getting cruel. Where yeah. I crossed the line from like them, like, yeah, like that might have been a part of like their norm, but yeah, it definitely crossed over into the idea of it being just very cruel. But at the same time, like we see like those elements of like the codependency where they're just like, but there's a part of the, like they still are just still like bound to one, one another. Mm-hmm. And you right. know, her arguments for like, this is why you need me. And like his arguments, but this is why you're dependent, you know, on me in terms of you giving up on your career. And I think that's another theme in terms of when we think about in, in partnerships in when we think about, you know, you know, not the idea of like not giving up, you know, your dream or whatever your ambitions are, because that does create resentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That, that's what was the case. There was still like, there was like arguments back and forth where it was like, oh, why does she give up acting? But yeah, I'm still, like, there's still lots that I'm, I think I'm processing through. I might even watch it a second time. I don't know why I would do that to myself. I think I would watch it a second time. I think I might I, second time. I absolutely will not watch it a second time. It was enough for me. <laughs> I, like that, I'm the super empath. Like I, it was, it was a lot watching. I was only watching it because it was like a Netflix. Like a friend wanted to watch it together, so I was like, all right, I'll watch this. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I got through it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah. Mm-mm. that's a no for me dog <laughs> no I think I would definitely rewatch it and maybe like take some more mental notes it was it was a tough watch mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like mm-hmm. a long watch and I think there yeah. I think it's one of those I, and I rarely re- rewatch things like I'm very much a one and done person I move on but this is something mm-hmm. that it's like there there I know there are themes that I missed I want to I want to see yeah. people's pieces that are not about the macaroni and cheese um really really going in about like what themes came up and what are people seeing so like I think I would rewatch it which is rare for me yeah I'm thinking there's one particular scene that with Zendaya that oh that I thought was very awesome like in terms of just like being very mature so like at first some of the arguments Zendaya was having I felt like were like a little just for myself just seeing it as the movie progressed right so early on the movie I was kind of like it was a little immature like people like you know 
messed up, you know, it's their big day. They didn't remember something and they apologize. But, you know, so just like, I thought it was the same argument over again. I'm like, how many times y'all keep arguing that he didn't say sorry or he didn't, you know, thank you. And I'm like, y'all keep arguing the same thing, but making it worse. But I appreciated it because Zendaya had a point or Marie, I guess, rather had a point in the movie where she was like, I can't remember exactly. I think it's when they sit down and they have that really raw conversation where Ashley gets, I think they're about to like have sex. He goes, he's like, I really need pee. And then he comes back and she's like, and he's like, oh gosh, she's thinking again. She's thinking again. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought her thoughts at that moment were beautiful. I think she said it's so like, like poignantly that I think it, like it did bother, like basically it's like, why did you cast her or whatever? And he's just like, aha, so it is jealousy. And she was like, it's more than jealousy, actually. Like, what she really thought, she's like, it's actually even more intense than je- like than the feeling. Je- jealousy is too simple of a word. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't even define what it is. Because jealousy is simple, and this is not what that is. And I was just like, okay, but, like, go, up, go off with, like, reflection a lot. And I don't know if it's, I feel like it's a thing, too, where sometimes, and it, it, there's so many themes that were explored. I was like, were there therapists social workers um mental health counselors like on this writing staff because like some of the themes that like came about I thought were very like was this very intentional but um I think when Malcolm is talking about um well Marie was really upset like everything about this movie is me right so it, it talks I I've read about it's like where like sometimes I don't want to call it a victim mentality because I may not have the proper verbiage for it but like thinking that everything is about you mm-hmm. and centering that because that's how you see yourself or you know how society has kind of made you see yourself in that in that way that all these things have been done to you so the fact that um in the bathtub scene because really bathtub scene where he breaks it down he was just mm-hmm. like so you really think this movie was about you that's how centered you are in this movie being about you and when he read her like how he's like actually who i really should think is tanya because she's the one who is no longer with us died two years ago and sister at like i was like because mm. i was all into that i was like that's right he wrote a movie about you didn't even give you credit when he read her and it's like and i kind of even got the point that he was making too in the sense that like maybe i didn't tell you that it wasn't directly about you because like it's a lot to talk about how all these this is a culmination of the women who have been in my life and the people I've met and my friends and people who weren't even in those situations who I was really writing about. So for me to talk about like actually it's my the, my first girlfriend, the one that I love who actually did commit like end up committing suicide. Like you don't even know that part about me because like, but you're so centered in that, oh, this is obviously about me. Like the way that he was like reflecting it, like, oh, that scene where you walk, oh, she walked like you were like, she walks like me. And oh, she it's like, girl, that's not you. It ain't you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, John David Washington, Malcolm. <laughs> but I think that's also how anger, I think, because however long that movie was that she was, you know, they read through. I can see how her anger probably magnified those things. Right. In that you know, from him not thanking her to then the rest of the movie, then just to say like, what you know, I could see her sort of festering in some of that anger, like the anger that was like, yes, very, very justified in that. Like, no, you think, you think her, she said with a move and all made you, so I think her sitting in that for those, I don't know, we're just going to say the move was two hours to sit in that for the two hours. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could mm-hmm. yeah. see how that it starts is- to compile. That's very true. That is also a very true aspect of it. Cause um even or even just like and don't get me wrong, I was definitely with Marie on this. Like, nigga, you didn't you forgot to thank me. Are you are you dumb? Like people say that in very New York. Are you dumb? Like, <laughs> are you stupid? Are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> because no, for real. Like, how did you? And the fact that it probably eating at her. She already don't even like the fucking girl she cast. He cast it. Mm-hmm. Then have his mom be like, well, have people constantly back the back telling you, like, oh, I'm sorry he forgot about you. All that embarrassment. Ooh, I was getting hot for her too. I was just like, oh, I fully identified that? with that ang- like with that, mm-hmm. like we said, that that journey of anger, mm-hmm. like of like it festering. And like at first you're like, it's fine, it's fine. And then you're like, actually, I sat and thought about it. I'm not fine and at all. Fine. I, yeah. That's exactly how it happens for me as well. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can imagine like very easily what it's like to have people like comment on it all the time and then you're like well shit am, am i re- like how do i rethink this yeah right and damn that movie was the fuck about me yeah fuck him mm-hmm. you didn't thank me that wrote this whole goddamn movie about my life from cradle to the grave <laughs> like, <you're so laughs> i think i think even the 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 thing that was most like i guess in that argument of why it was hurtful for and why she felt that way like I think it was so like eloquently written the idea that like we both experienced these things but only one of us got an outlet to yeah like have it out that was like really really deep and like you don't think about it that was the scene where she yeah I love that was my favorite scene in the movie that and then the thank you scene that she does Mm -hmm. in that speech yeah those are my two favorite scenes and the bathtub scene, I actually also like. You mean to tell me that every scene was your favorite scene? No, girl. <laughs> I can tell you my least favorite scene, though, was all that goddamn critic yelling. That was too much. I was like, Sir, it was too long for I, you? I, oh, my God. I'm telling you, there's a little brain that I had that cannot focus on things. I was like, this is too much. Like, this is too much. <laughs> no, he went on for like, there is a hilarious TikTok that I came across, and I want to give them credit for it uh ryan ken acts if you look it up on either instagram or tiktok and is that the bathrobe one yes looking out the window he, the neighbors yes, oh my god does this <laughs> see this sketch or skit whatever you want to call it of him like pretending to be um malcolm and marie's neighbor he is <laughs> <laughs> it's, Dina, if you haven't seen it it's the funniest it's on the TV, on the Jenkins still yelling about Mary Jenkins he's like I want, I sent Marie a text told her that she can come over if she needs to because I'm not trying to call the police but you know <laughs> but no that's fact like he went like on for like a solid 10 minutes okay. straight right. no pause no breath I, I did hear though that that scene is like, I don't want to use the word problematic, but that scene is sus in a way because they were saying that the writer, producer, Sam, I forgot his last name. Yeah, that, that is his personal experience with like a critic. And, that, and people were like, he was putting himself in that scene and using that as like the vehicle to get his own frustrations out. Hence why, mm-hmm. and if that's true, that's why it probably felt too long because it was way too personal. Like and, and, and it doesn't it maybe didn't quite fit for us as viewers of like why would you mm-hmm. go on and on and on about this specific thing when it's like oh yeah because it wasn't just writing from your mind you were writing from your personal experience Sam mm-hmm. we see you <laughs> and there were people trying to say that he was trying to scapegoat a black man into saying all these 
terrible things about a very specific white film critic at the LA Times or something mm-hmm. like that, or, or whatever. Yeah, LA. it was something, something like that, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm I don't glad know. I don't know, right? <laughs> exactly. So we'll see. Um, so yeah, any other thoughts or, or takeaways or do, how about this? Do we think they stay together? Um, like I said, when, when Malcolm's character said, we gonna get married and divorced and whatever, it may not be physically like marriage and divorce, but that is a, a toxic loop. It would truly take the strength of one person being like, I can't do this anymore for that to really <laughs> end. They, they mm-hmm. are, in my opinion, they're, they're, if, if codependency, like I agree that there's a codependency, a strong codependency on like for both of them. It probably wouldn't end. It would just be a miserable time. What was it that line that Will and Jada said? What was it like miserable together? Like what, what after that red table talk? Oh, we were talking oh. about Alice Alcina. What what was that that phrase they used? And I was like, oh yikes. What was it the, <laughs> what, 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 it was like the remix of the bad boys for life thing? Was that yeah? It, it was like we ride together, we die together. Bad yeah. for life. And it was like yeah. No, don't fist bump on <laughs> Right, I was like, come on, y'all. That's not, the, and that's how, and that's how I feel it would be. Like, that's the type of energy I'm seeing of them. Like, I'm miserable, but I'm miserable with you, and you're miserable with me. Mm-hmm. But it makes us happy, right? I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It. Ah, oh, gosh. Um, I think for them, in terms of success for them, um, with a great uh, licensed mental health counselor, social worker, and a therapist, I think that they would <laughs> be able to somehow find happiness in that. But besides that, it would definitely be a cyclical, toxic um, <laughs> relationship. But I think I think if they both work through, if they both went to therapy or actively do it, I think that they could be successful because I think that they match up in a lot of ways in mm. terms of like how their codependency works. But if they could learn to be more independent in a way mm. and um, Malcolm gets his bit of narcissism treated, um, I think Girl. that <laughs> I think that they could uh, be I. But do I want them to be together? That's another question, uh, different <laughs> story. And I no, I don't think they should be because ain't nobody should be arguing with them little monologues like that. Mm-mm. Not little, them long monologues like that. That's that's too much. Both from both of them, it's too much. I was just like this argument. Cliff notes. Cliff notes. This <laughs> argument. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, I would say yeah, definitely with how deep both of, like well, I, I think I would side more so with how especially how deep Malcolm. I feel like there were just certain boundaries with Malcolm. I don't know. I'm maybe again, it's, it could just be my line of work <laughs> that with Malcolm, it was just like you know some of those those red flags. I think especially like this talking about her her suicide attempt. To me, I was just like, there's certain cuts that it was just like. Ugh, and but- also, yeah sorry I was gonna say that's to cut you off but like and also talking about his like pattern like the fact that he is like he kept saying you're not the first damaged person I've dated and they're like that that was something there that I was like you have a pattern and what types of partners you choose mm-hmm. I think you need to explore that bro mm-hmm. yeah I, I figured that that was maybe a thing but also there wasn't enough information given around that because like I mean, a lot of people are damaged. Like we all, and like how you see yourself and how that damage like permeates throughout your life is like, I don't know, depending on who you are as a person. And um, I don't know if it's an abusive way and that people seek, like he's like, oh, I'm seeking out girls who have drug problems. Like that's different, but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not too sure on that. So I, I try not to have like, at least mm-hmm. for me right now, I just don't really have any. It was less about like the idea of like seeking for abuse purposes, but more so like what is happening mm-hmm. with you and not that not mm-hmm. not saying that people who have drug addiction or anything are not deserving of love and companionship, right. mm-hmm. but more so it, it, it kept coming up as like, like almost saying those exact words of like, you're not the first person, like mm-hmm. it kind of like listing the people who he's dated who's had similar experiences. It's like, well, you're drawn mm-hmm. to something specifically. And what is that about you, right. Malcolm, that draws you to people like Marie, like, I don't know the other women's names, but sorry, Tarek. Yeah. 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 No, it was, he was like, it was Keisha. I don't know. All of like, well, you weren't the first. Anyway, that was my DMX impression, y'all. Um, that was bad. But yeah, um, I think it, yeah, it's it's a matter of like what would need to happen if they were to make it work, and then like the question again that Dara was asking of like, do I want them to? Like, I think honestly, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Um, but I was like, yeah, they need therapy separately. Then maybe at yeah. some point they can come together for some kind of um couples therapy maybe they need two couples therapists to (laughs) work with Mm -hmm. that and all those sat words they were throwing out they need a Um, team oh speaking of sat words i did learn a new word from that movie that blew my mind because it's something it's a concept i think about constantly and i heard the word i paused it i googled it i was sitting there just like I have been searching for this word all my life. Um, it is, I, I have a terrible time um, pronouncing it, but solipsistic. Oh, and, I saw that. John David said it, right? Yeah. And that yeah. and that was the word that was describing what you were talking about, Dara, with um, you think the world, not, not, it, the definition is not quite the world revolves around you, but the idea that like you are the only real player in your game because you are only sure about your own experience because you are literally living your experience and everyone else is kind of like there's there's kind of like question of like other people's experiences outside of yours is that real or not that's a terrible definition of that but it's basically something I think about all the time and I'm like there's a word for it hooray yay knowledge (laughs) hooray (laughs) yeah because the way they were throwing out words I kind of wish that it was almost like kindle you know when you have a kindle you could just select the word see what it means (laughs) I was like I wish I could just pause it and like touch the director's cut (laughs) yeah and that and that was also the when you say like using words like solipsistic and stuff um that was the only part of the movie to me that made it kind of a little bit unbelievable like i don't Mm. believe these two um have the vocab for this for these monologues it just seemed very unrealistic and i i mean i'm not sure if the movie was meant to be like an actual argument but like i said i don't think anyone has ever really seen someone argue like that like even my friends who have really long arguments that have they're like it's not like that though like we're not talking like that like it's almost like two old college professors of english and sociology <laughs> were having a convert, a very in-depth heated conversation. That's what it sounded like. And I was like, none of this sounds like raw. Like, you know, like when you're really angry at someone or you're having really, it sounded very like, I don't know, very scripted. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know when I argue first, I fumble over words and then I get pissed and then I start crying. So right, I was like, the <laughs> right. they didn't cry. Enough. I'm like, they're so talented. <laughs> this is the most talented argument I've ever seen. Like, I just- <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're telling me you were able to 
bring your points together, you have a thesis statement, and you have uh, <laughs> supportive arguments and a conclusion to your argument, because I would have cried from the thesis statement, like, right. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, but yeah, good. It was a solid film overall. Okay. Got people talking. So, so maybe Did to we... close us out, what is then like your favorite kind of like black love movie? Because this wasn't a love story. So, what is? <laughs> and it also warned people too in the trailer, apparently, that wasn't a love story, but everyone thought it was. And then they were like, but we told you in the beginning it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had if you had to name what is your favorite then black love story, oh maybe we'll say like either written or in film, what would it be? Um oh um okay. Um I won't re- I don't remember exactly the name of the characters, I think, but um, I'm terrible with black movies, so I feel like I haven't seen that many. Girl, so I'm same. Gonna take Don't it from worry. Book, actually, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, my black American brothers and sisters. I just have not watched the films. <laughs> but um, I would say story-wise, and it's funny. So it's the book Home Going. I think it's called mm-hmm. by Yagasi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one particular chapter is a love story, and I think it is on the black American side, Kofi, I think is his name, who is a black American at this point, mm-hmm. right? But his his grand his grandmother, no, his mother was was one who was taken from um, from Ghana and brought to the Americas. So he's first mm-hmm. generation, still speaking Twi and stuff. So very, you know, interesting character. So I think the love story between him and his free black wife, because mm-hmm. yeah. So not to spoil home go uh home I home I only never know if it's homecoming or home going, but home I think it's home going. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like home, home going, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um that love story taking place in like what the 1800s, it was so beautiful, just like seeing free black people um like still loving on each other in a space that was so violent to them and just leaning on each other and then it ended up being tragic if anyone remembers that chapter or what happens with the, you know his wife but from before then just uh I loved it. it was just like and like seeing an African and like a free black like he had so many customs that were still very African like he still spoke tree he had his aunt who was a who was also taken with his mom on the same slave ship so um or actually, you know, it's his, it's his mom's daughter, it's his grandmother that was taken. So his aunt, that's the one who ends up raising him, is, uh, is I'm sorry, I'm rambling at this point, <laughs> is the one who teaches him all the, the Ghanaian things and stuff that he knows. So he's there using little like trinkets and idol trees to like bring to his wife. And his wife is a free, you know, free black man has probably been there more generations than him. And his, her family's obviously Christian. It's just like, oh, what's that African doing? <laughs> But they, in some way, they figure that shit out and they make it work. And it's actually really, if you read that chapter, and I think the character's name is Kofi in that chapter, um, beautiful Black love story. It was very beautiful. Love made me it. cry. And every chapter in that book made me cry. But that one was like, it made me cry because the love was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I to gotta definitely read it. I'm way behind on reading a lot of like fiction books and yeah. just books in general. Um, yeah. I was That's going- a book. Like, Gina, you read it like this week. Like, go get it. It's one of the best. <laughs> Somebody ship it to me now. Right. <laughs> um, Grab your copy now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to choose my one of my favorite black love movies is also Love Jones. I would, but I will I will not use that example. I'll use my second favorite, which I don't know if it's categorized as a love story, but I think Moonlight is my favorite love story. It is. I oh. I think I can keep watching Moonlight over and over again. Another rarity, but like that. Oh, I bawled, bawled. I love a movie that ends so sweetly for people who deserve oh. who people who deserve it. And that's right. what it is. So Moonlight, the way it was written, the resolution for Moonlight, like definitely a top top two. Um, and it, but it's not number one. <laughs> top two mm-hmm. uh, love story for me. Well, you know, Malcolm's about to start yelling at you. Barry Jenkins. <laughs> Barry Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's who Barry Jenkins is, right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I think I'm I'm gonna yeah I'm, I'm sticking with with Love Jones for myself. I found the DVD. I had it on DVD, and I found it in my basement. So I was very excited about that because I accused. My sister is stealing it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I accused her literally for years of stealing this DVD from me. And I found it in my basement. Anyway, I'm going to go with Love Jones. Like, I don't know. And now you don't even have a laptop that can even read I the damn DVD. Yeah. Don't you? And it doesn't even have to be So look at me. You're like a fool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going with Love Jones. Maybe it's just my thing for like, creative deep men and stuff but yeah i'm gonna go with love jones i would say maybe brown sugar too i liked brown sugar that was one with tay diggs and um oh my goodness not lathan yeah Mm, i don't think i watched that one yeah that one was it was almost like a like a the two of them they were like best friends back in the day and they were like bonded by hip-hop and stuff and you know a good old 90s black movie (laughs) You know, back on the block, they used to rap verses to each other. Life took them separate ways, but they found each other. So yeah, that. Uh, so now it wasn't another black, the basketball one, love and basketball. Is that what that was? Yeah, like? which honestly, I don't know. I feel like I controversial already, opinion. I already feel like I got my black card revoked because of mac and cheese. I just feel like Quincy didn't deserve her. Love I mean, you're not gonna hear it for me. Who knows when I last watched those movies? I don't even. <laughs> oh, that's the movie where she goes like, you know, her hand up in the air. She shoots the bass on the maker, hold it like that. That's the only thing I remember. I don't know, <laughs> not a damn thing about that movie. You remember that. the play, play for love? Have- <laughs> oh yeah, that I remember because people acted out a lot on movie like redos and shit. But mm-hmm. like, besides that, I don't remember the plot for that. Even Love Jones. Love Jones remind me again. That's Nia Long and the short man. Well, I guess leave it at that and we'll go ahead and transition for our closing thoughts.
All right. So we are closing this episode off with some takeaways, ladies of the triad. <laughs> do, you <have> any, <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts or things you'd like to say before we close this out? Uh, I would say, you know, besides like therapy is good, <laughs> seek therapy. Um, I feel like if in, I guess in the wake of like the conversation about uh, Malcolm and Marie and the dynamic of the relationship, a reminder to make sure you're, or to remember to seek things that actually give you joy. Um, I, I feel like, again, like it's, it's hard to watch relationships like that. Cause it's like, yeah, like there's, there's times of passion, but like, if this is how y'all cut into each other, I don't know how much joy that brings that that hurts. That, that seems like y'all got a lot of hurt that is not being like dealt with in in better ways I suppose and that's just my opinion personally but um make sure you're finding joy in in your life whether it's in your relationships with like your intimate relationships your familial relationships your platonic relationships uh do things that serve you best that's that's my takeaway Mm, that's good that is very good um I'll say my takeaway I'll maybe kind of say in that similar theme you talked about, yeah, you know, like finding joy. I'll also say find rest with um yes. We're now, yeah, we could say a year now into this this pandemic, which still feels so wild for me to say that I'm living in a pandemic. It yeah, it still blows my mind. But um I think with especially a lot of the folks working from home, working in person, um, feeling these pressures to be the most productive you that you can be, I would, yeah, I would say like one of my takeaways is to also find rest however you can. There's so much Mm -hmm. happening. Like we only got into like a piece of it in current, you know, topics today. And um, yeah, I would just say just being you, being yourself, just being your black self is, is, enough and whether you come out of this with you know all these side hustles and projects or whether you just come out of this with your peace of mind like that's that's okay so that's my takeaway I would say my closing statements um definitely reflect what both Dean and Tara said already um let's just survive this thing, you know, <laughs> like we've been doing, we gotta, in a way, I'm, I really like honoring the people that came before us, mm-hmm. so the fact that uh, how many hundred thousands of people, especially, of course, every day die, that's one thing, but in terms of this pandemic that has, like, kind of mm-hmm. hit the world in a crazy way, um, all you can do is live your best life, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that 2020, I feel like 2020 is taught us a lot of things just as people in general um that a lot of the things that you who thought were important aren't really Mm. as much as they are especially in terms of how our capitalist society works right getting more rest right (laughs) capitalism doesn't allow for that Mm. people are seeing now that working from home is actually like become the norm now and a lot of people are like you know actually this isn't so bad working from home and companies are seeing that too right so I don't know. I've just been taking advantage of getting as much rest as I can Girl, yes. and um, <laughs> even shifting my career into being a career where I'm not working as much because 
I don't like working for the man. I'm sorry. I love my job and I love money. But <laughs> just this idea of a capitalist grind, that grind culture, I was like, mm-hmm. 2020 taught me that that is not for me. I already knew it wasn't, but I was like, oh, bitch, it's really not for me. You got a taste <laughs> so, of freedom. You right? said, now this is what it could be? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> this <is> delicious. <laughs> I, I'd like another bowl, please. <laughs> May I have some more, please? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I reflect the things on rest and finding peace, for sure. That's good. Okay, y'all. So... We did it. We recorded an episode well, <laughs> in the midst of all of this going on. And so right. we hope to be back. Um, and like sooner than later, hopefully. God willing. Yes. Yes. And if this audio recording doesn't come out to your best ear listening ability, listen, we tried, baby. Would you rather have content or would you rather have crystal quick quality? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. Can't have it all right? <laughs> work with us in this pandemic world, in this panoramic. Okay. You know, just work with us. Okay. We're so glad to have done this episode for y'all. Please comment and listen to the next one. We promise it won't be a year from now. We promise. <laughs> Share with your friends, your family. Right. Unless a new virus decides to come and plague us. Please don't, but. don't, don't even put that out there. We're going to end it right here, y'all. We're going to edit that. Right? <laughs> edit that. All, right. All, All right. right, y'all. Peace All right, and y'all. love. Peace and love. Bye.